Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. We are back again. By we, I mean us, not all the guys, two-thirds of the fellas. Ando still in his titanic Lord of the Rings-esque battle against Rogers. We'll see who comes out on the winning side of that. I am not betting on Endo Mills, but Sin is here with me. Moments away in the grand scheme of things, days away from departing for Finland. Yeah, literally like two days, but not really. Yeah. Like it's less than that at this point because I'll be leaving for, uh, for yeah, my flight's on like 7 a.m. on Saturday. So yeah, mm. <laughs> very mm. early. Yeah, and so it's... heading into next week, we might try to do what we can in terms of like little maybe mini episode type things for the pod. Uh, we might be able to, we might not. There is a chance that you guys won't hear from us until later on this month when, in all honesty, uh, <laughs> the Stanley Cup final could be down to the to like game four, game five at that point, which means it could be over. So hopefully... <laughs> We don't miss what this entire season's worth of podcasts has been building up to with the Stanley Cup final. We might. Time will tell, but we'll do the best that we can. But yeah, Sin leaves on Saturday. I am uh, heading to my parents on Friday as a as a good in-between because the most local airport would have seen me, I think, go from Bangor, Maine to like South Carolina then to New York, yeah. <laughs> and then to Finland, yeah, <laughs> as no opposed thanks. to if I just go to my parents, stay there for a couple days, drop off the dog, and then go down to Boston, it's Boston to New York, which is hilarious. It's like a 45-minute flight, and then New York to Finland overnight, which I'm so thankful for that overnight flight. My God, here's hoping your boy can sleep. I am. It's, it's wishful thinking. The very least, be playing MLB The Show probably on my Switch because nothing is a better distraction from flight anxiety than drafting great prospects. Am I right? Absolutely. There you go. Uh, as always, we'll mention right off the top here, this show is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. That is manscaped.com, or you can use GoToGi at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping to support all of us here on the podcast. And at the same time, you get some marvelous products to use Again, Father's Day is coming up, but do you really need an excuse? Do you need an excuse to order anything from Manscaped? You don't. 24-7, 365, odds are there is a use for a Manscaped product in your life. Sid and I know this. I'm almost 30. He's on the other side of it. The nose and ear hair starts to be a little bit of a problem. There's just so many different... Again, I always say it head to toe. They got you covered because they do. When it comes to self-grooming, there is not anything that you could possibly wonder, boy, I wish they had this, because Manscaped's already got it. Code Toogie at checkout, 20% off. You know the deal, and we thank Manscaped yet again. And we also thank you, because as always, we're going to move into our viewer question section to start off this podcast, get us loosened up and ready to talk some puck. <laughs> Which might be the douchiest thing I've ever said. <laughs> Y'all ready to play some puck? Do you think anybody says that, like, unironically? I'll no, probably not. Puck. I hope not. Maybe dudes in, like, Michigan. I was going to say, like, it's going to be a Michigan thing. It's either... I don't know. I can imagine it being, like, a central thing, but at the same time, I can imagine it being a coastal thing. 
Like, yeah, I it's don't either Michigan th- or Massachusetts. I don't want to throw Nova Scotians under the bus, but <laughs> I, I could believe it. That's all I'm saying. I could believe it. I'm in, you know, I'm right here on the Atlantic Ocean as well. I understand. We are, we are the same, you and I. But as always, of course, description, whether on YouTube or on whatever audio platform you are listening to. And hey, if you can, leave a like, subscribe, rate the pod. You know the deal. Help us out with all those BS algorithms. As always, though, there is the link to our Discord where you can use and leave some questions for us as these fine people did. We will start off once more with good friend of the show, Scrooby Noobers. Question for the podcast. And this was very random, but I will allow it. What is your favorite system of a down song? Mm. Mine is Forest, which I got to be honest, I don't know if I've heard that song ever. And if I have, it's been a long time because that's I can't remember the, the names uh, of the songs. God, that's off of the Toxicity album, too. Yeah, mistaken. that's what I thought. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of which one it is. Because I never remember the names, but I'll know them when I hear them. That's a tough one. Yeah, I feel like System of a Down might be a a band like they're that type of band for a lot of people. I think I'll go with Deer Dance. I think Deer Dance is a really good, a good song one. off the Toxicity album. <sighs> there are mm, God, there's there's a lot. Like I I've been you know I, I've you know I've made mention to the fact that they're one of my favorite bands. Um. By the way, if if nobody has, and I can't believe, if, if you're a System of a Down fan and you haven't uh, watched their full show from Armenia that they did seven years ago now, but they oh, did whoa. a two and a half hour concert in Armenia. It's incredible. Absolutely I'll to, incredible. I'll have to check it out. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I'll have to link it to you. It's a fucking awesome show. They played just about everything that you could hope uh, to hear. A lot, God, a lot of good ones. A song that always sticks out to me, though, and it's one that not too many people know, I feel like, but it's a song by the name of Marmalade from their, uh, I think it was released in 98. I don't even think it was on one of their, I think it was on their OG album, maybe? Yeah, with Sugar and stuff like that. Yeah, like it's not even on Spotify, which I feel like makes it rather obscure. But the um, the riff for it is just it it just does it does stuff to my ears. It does things and stuff to my ears that I just can't get into the details of uh, on a hockey podcast, at least. But that probably gets my shout. Just, you know, it's too easy to to say the big songs, right? Like we got to be. You know, we we, got to be a little bit stuck up about it. We can't just pick the ones that everybody knows. Yeah, we could because those songs are great, too. From Hawks, going off of the South Park question from Monday, which character best describes each of the co-hosts? Oh, man. Oh, That's no. a tough one because they're all terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all ways. terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ugh. it's interesting. It, it's I love that show, and I'm just going to kind of go on off a little tangent here. I love it because it's basically it shows the kids as these normal people and all the adults suck. And that's when you you that's kind of how it is. Even when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, this is cool. But when you grow up, you're like, yeah, that's still kind of how it is. Like, it's usually the adults who just absolutely suck. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all stupid. And uh, yeah, um, shit, dude, I have no clue. I know. Right. Like, it's a very hard question. And it's like, then are you are you arrogant enough to be like, well, 
I'm clearly a main character, or are you a secondary character, a rather obscure side character? Like, yeah, see, I don't know. I think it would almost be more interesting to know what people think or who people would associate with us as opposed yeah, to us like, for, the, for ourselves. I don't know how, like, I don't know, maybe Stan or something like that. I don't fucking know. Well, no, because it's like, <laughs> all right. So it's like, I mean, because people are going to pick something related to like, even though it's not you, there are aspects because of where you're from. People, uh, I don't know if there's a, a, car- a, a fucking California dude bro character in South Park. But if really, we leave know, it up to I'll the, be, one, the I'll be one of those goth kids. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. We're all the goth kids here. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, let us know. I'm intrigued. What and whoever says token, whoever says Endo is token, you're racist. <laughs> you're banned. You can no longer listen to the podcast. Oh. oh my god! Can I be the cop? That's just the only line people know from him is nice. Officer Bar Brady? No, it's the uh, it's the detective. Oh, the, the, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ginger detective with the mustache. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember his name. Uh, oh, okay. I want to be Al Gore. <laughs> you know that's a good one all right you guys got to apologize to me <laughs> we're sorry we didn't believe you about man bear pig sin gets to be the characterized version of mickey mouse I'd be that just down. beats that just beats the shit out of people <laughs> especially the jonas brothers oh <laughs> oh you're gonna take those hoses and spray that white foam on those young girls oh and Endo is Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer. It's Jennifer Lopez. Oh, my God. And to round out the viewer question, <laughs> what better way to transition from that absurdity to this? From good friend of the channel and the show and of us, Piney. Two questions today. You know, the idea was thrown out there of do... We essentially <laughs> just have like the idea of like, hey, do you have time to record a podcast where we do nothing but like answer Piney's questions for like 20 minutes and have a couple of those shows scheduled for when we leave, <laughs> which would have been great. We didn't have time, unfortunately. We've been busy, busy people. Yeah. But the first question, you're blessed by the gods with one food based superpower. I.e. you can fry any food instantly. You can remove the spice from any food with the wave of your hand. Why would you What do is that? your superpower? Yeah, why would you remove the spice? What is your superpower and do you use it for good or evil? Hmm. Hmm. I it says any food based superpower. Can I like just conjure food? Yeah. I would, I, would, I would presume so. I would have Elon Musk give me that however many billion he said and I would solve world hunger. And then I'd you use know, that money to to fucking short his stock and make him lose money. <laughs> I was honestly going, like, in terms of for good, like, that's the first place I went to was like, all right, let's yeah. make sure people can eat. Because yeah. I think, what was it? Did we just hit, I think we just hit 8 billion people on planet Earth was the estimate. Mm-hmm. And imagine, right now, uh, worldometers.info, world population is projected at 7.9 billion. That's a lot of goddamn people to feed. 
And as we all know, not everyone is in a rather fortunate situation. So yeah, that is... We could get into this entire conversation. Yeah. About people like that spending their time worrying about Twitter and sending cars into space versus what they could be doing. Yeah. I like when people say that like as a fucking achievement. He put a car in space. Cool. Amazing. I took a shit. Mine actually did something. Where's my crown? (laughs) About at my feet. Me and Lord. Car in space. Awesome. What's it doing up there? Oh, it's now added to the fucking junk that's orbiting our planet, which makes satellite launches very difficult right now. Because I don't know if you guys know this. There's a shit ton of space junk orbiting our planet right now. It's awful. Mm -hmm. We're gonna we need to do something about that. Satellite launches are really hard. And space missions are incredibly difficult, too, because of all the space junk. And he added to that. Fuck him. I agree. Completely. (laughs) I agree 100%. And I think everybody knows that. Uh, But in terms of using our ability for evil. (sighs) For evil. How would I use a food-based ability for evil? feel like this is really worth considering here i'm trying to think of something man so it's a really tough question basically a food idea for evil is how do i want to fuck with somebody obviously yeah but the question is what group of people do i want to fuck with and how and i wouldn't use it in a way that would like for example what came to mind is um you know my girlfriend's parents uh, have been, um, and they, they stopped recently, but for a long time, they would host foreign exchange students. And one of the more recent ones um, was, and is, is Muslim. And the conversation came up with my girlfriend's grandfather, who's 78, I think, not really understanding, like, he's fucking, you know, he's an old man who's lived basically in Maine and Florida. That's it. Um, who didn't really understand, like, the whole, oh, you don't eat pork thing, huh? <laughs> like, I wouldn't use it for that to fuck with that. I'm trying to think of what group of white people would be the most fun to fuck with. <laughs> I would, you know what? I would go to white barbecues and season their fucking meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be for evil, sir. <laughs> well, they probably think it's evil because they're the type that think mayonnaise has got a, got a zip to it. Squares, bunch of you. It's Utah. It's always fucking Utah. We found them. We're coming after the Mormons, and we're going to give you flavor. Yeah, the Mormon TikTok swingers. (laughs) I I think I've hit enough buzzwords for the algorithm. This this episode is going to kick ass. There you go, me, Sin, and Guy Fieri. We're heading to Utah. It's Fieri. He's very specific about that. Inject some flavor. (laughs) His other question. Would you rather have everyone who ever greets you do it by slapping you in the face with a cold hot dog or have every piece of furniture you ever sit on turn into a wet sponge? Uh, Do I get to keep the hot dog? Because (laughs) (laughs) asking the real question, sir. Yeah, I'll fuck it because then I'll use my food based power and like, you know, heat it up or some shit. (laughs) And eat it. Yeah, I mean, well, think about that, right? Like, like every piece that's... of furniture you sit on turning into wet sponge, that's awful. Like, you can't fucking relax. Whatever. Slap in the right. face with a cold hot dog, it's over. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and think about it, too. 
you could also use that ability to solve hunger, at least locally. Mm. Yeah. Up to the homeless population, just be like, hi, and hopefully they say hello back, and there you go. Here's lunch. Mm. Take this wiener. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Piney, tremendous work as always. Hawks, groupie, thank you both again as well. Again, Discord, questions, whatever you want to ask, and apparently we'll answer it. That's been the theme <laughs> as of late, so it is what it is. We'll move on to talking about hockey. Imagine that on a hockey podcast. But like I said, it's a good little warm up to get questions in there about would you rather have it be wet when you sit or get slapped in the face with a hot dog? 20 minutes. 20 minutes after Sin and I finished Monday's show. That 20 minutes gave me enough time to go to the bathroom. And walk the dog around the block. And by the time I got back to this very chair to edit the podcast, the Boston Bruins fired head coach Bruce Cassidy. As we discovered today, two weeks, two weeks after he was told his job was safe. You should have just edited in a guttural scream at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, just, just, man, just, 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 just. I, ugh. <laughs> I've had a couple of days to think about this, obviously. Now, I did put out about a 10-minute video that I also uploaded to the podcast feed, kind of giving my initial thoughts on this. And I got to be honest, not much has changed. This is a, in my opinion, brutal mistake, regardless of whether or not some people are like, oh, well, I mean, the average like shelf life of a coach is about six years, which is how long he was here for. It's the wrong person got fired is how I deemed it on Monday, and I still view it the same way. And this is what I was afraid of, to be honest. You know, I talked about if they lose to Carolina, I'd like to see a full change, Neely, Sweeney, even Cassidy at that point, I would expect to go because there aren't too many GMs that keep the coach. And instead, they just fire Cassidy. And it looks like the Neely Sweeney vision is going to continue. Now, send first and foremost, I guess, your thoughts from an outside perspective on this before we get into talking about some of the other little details that, that are available here good coach on the market. <laughs> That's how I look at it. A lot of teams are probably going to be looking for new coaches. I mean, the Sharks have to be one of them. Whenever they get the new GM, Bugner's probably gone. Dallas is looking for one. Vegas is looking for one. These are all teams that Bruce Cassidy would probably fit into. And then there, you know, mm. there's some other uh, some other coaches, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going up, lot up in the air. But yeah. That, that's kind of my take, and I'm with you. But this is what happens. I, I expected it because this is what happens. The GM's going to do whatever it takes before he loses his own job. Like mm-hmm. that's, And that's the, the coach always ends up being the scapegoat, and that's just how it goes. I mean, it was the tweet that I put out right afterwards. Well, he's not going to fire himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the problem is the people ahead of Don Sweeney allowed him to – make this decision save his own skin when it should have been his ass on the line here for this um emily benjamin who covers the bruins for nhl.com and other outlets mentioned this on twitter the bruins have struggled to draft and develop talent and have had some whiffs in free agency 
that was the talent that could have been a major driver of the next Patrice, you know, post Bergeron era of the Boston Bruins. To me, that's not on the coach. And she is completely right. And I went over that in that 10 minute video. You have absolutely swung and missed in the draft over the past couple of years. Charlie McAvoy was the last really good hit of that draft. And obviously for Don Sweeney, 2015 will forever be his legacy until he wins a Stanley cup. So you have struggled the draft in free agency. There is no denying you have struggled. I know Derek Forbert was good in the playoffs. He is overpaid. He is. You can't convince me that it took three by three to get Derek Forbert as a free agent. There's no way. There's no way it should have taken that much. You can't convince me that you had so much competition for Nick Foligno that you needed to give him two years at $3.8 million. 34 years old. You can't convince me that there was that much competition after, with the Leafs, he had four points in seven games in the regular season and then one point in four in the playoffs. He put up 20 points in 49 games the season prior, and you gave him $3.9 million, or $3.8, excuse me. And that's just recent memory. That has nothing to do with some of the other contracts that had been uh, brought in at the time. Um, dare I say in here, let, let me just make sure that I am correct about when these contracts were signed. I am, uh, rather sure that I am. And indeed I am, you know, who signed Matt Bolesky, Don Sweeney now five years at 3.8 million, maybe not that bad. It aged horribly. I agree that at the time, a lot of people thought, Hey, Maybe that won't be so bad. Matt Bolesky will get more. I don't necessarily view that as a mistake at the time. It's more of a hindsight one. You know who isn't a hindsight one necessarily? <laughs> David Backus. <laughs> Five years at six million. That was rough, yeah. <sighs> he, what, of course, how old was they, he when that got signed, too? Uh, let's see. Signing age. Cat Friendly doesn't have it at the moment. They only have that for recent contracts, I believe. But he signed that in July of 2016. So he had already, after being born in 1984, turned 32 years old. That's rough. (laughs) There are other examples that I could continue down this path with. I'm not going to. He hasn't been good enough at drafting. And I know what a lot of people are saying. Oh, well, you want him to go for it. And I've heard this too. You want him to go for it. So we trade to the top picks, but you still expect him to hit on the picks. But then at the same time, you don't want him to, to go for it and keep the pick. If you're going to go for it, you have to be successful in going for it. And he has not been. If you're not going to go for it, you have to be successful in using the draft picks that you have which he has not been. The idea of people being like, well, you can't have it both ways. I don't have it either way right now as a Bruins fan. He hasn't been successful in any regard. What? And again, you know, there are some people that are complete morons still, and I've gotten hit with some Bruins trolls, some Tukarask truthers that he's actually still a bad goalie. Yeah, some people are still fucking fighting that fight. Uh, (laughs) 
unbelievably dumb as they are. The bottom line is Don Sweeney has had arguably the best line in hockey on arguably the three best deals in the NHL. They're at least in the conversation with Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak. He has not won. He had the tail end of Zdeno Chara, did not win. Tuka Rask, who is, I do not care what anyone else's opinion is, because if they do not agree with mine, they are inherently wrong. And yes, I'm egotistical enough to say that, because when I know I'm right, I'm right, and I'm not the only person that's right. A lot of people will tell you that I'm right, and a lot of those people are people that got to watch Tuka Rask hand them their ass. Because he is the best goalie in franchise history. As Sin has mentioned, as Leafs fans have mentioned, you talk about Tuka Rask, there are not too many teams in the league over the past 12 years or so that would not have taken Tuka Rask and viewed him, rightfully so, as an upgrade on their starting goaltender, Sharks included. Sin, if Tuka Rask is the starter for the Sharks instead of Martin we Jones, well, and you're either- probably right for that opinion. We maybe win in 20. Like, Martin Jones did p- pretty good against the Penguins. The Penguins may have been, uh, like, the years after that, if we had Tuka Rask throughout that, we'd probably make another appearance. Like, yeah. with, uh, we had, like, absolutely, Martin Jones was fucking atrocious. Like, mm-hmm. think about, like, the series is against Vegas. He was ass. Like, allowed four mm-hmm. goals in the first five minutes of, like, that one, like, pivotal game three, I think it was, when we went into Vegas or something. I don't know, something crazy. It was awful. Yeah, he was a big, big reason the Sharks were as bad as they were and the vast majority of the 30 other fan bases we obviously can't include seattle will feel the same way about a goalie like tuka rask so if you don't buy into stats and numbers and it was a good team in front of them yeah take the opinion of people from the 30 other teams again the vast majority of them will say uh why the fuck didn't you appreciate tuka rask think about why they'd say that uh, in terms of Bruce Cassidy being fired, you know, people instantly tried to start rumors that it was the stars of the team, particularly Captain Patrice Bergeron that wanted him out. Bergeron instantly fucking shot that down. And there was a question as well from Reds Rebels. If I had the power to choose the next Bruins coach, who would it be? And the problem with that is I don't know if it matters. Because... A lot of people have said, and I think, again, rightfully so, that what is the point of this firing unless you can slam dunk, bring in somebody who is without a doubt better than Bruce Cassidy? That is incredibly hard to find. And the list of names that come to mind? Barry Trotz. That's about it. Who's out there right now? Who is out there right now? That you can say free agent without a shadow of a doubt in 2022 is a better head coach than Bruce Cassidy. I don't think there's that many. You have coaches with cups or a cup like John Tortorella, who is a Boston guy. And, you know, I, I don't think he'll be the one, to be honest, because uh, Bruce Cassidy had mentioned in an interview uh, that he was and Bruce Cassidy is a very vocal coach. He has no problem calling out players who are underperforming and not doing well enough, which is what I loved about him. And apparently Cam Neely is like, yeah, can you, can you not do that so much? John Tortorella is along that same line. John Tortorella is not afraid to call out a player. So I don't think that's a fit for Neely and Cassidy. I don't think they're going to go for him. I think they want a yes man. And that's not John Tortorella. And I don't think it's Barry Trotz necessarily either. So, I mentioned in that video that I'm kind of afraid of who 
they might bring in or who they might promote. Because if you're looking for a yes man, you're much more likely to find them from within. And in terms of assistant coaches right now, and I, again, I talked about this in that video in the little bonus pod, uh, they have Kevin Dean, who has been with the Bruins organization for 10 years now as an assistant coach and at one point was the head coach of the Providence Bruins. That's a yes man right there. That's a Bruins guy. That's what Bruce Cassidy did. He came up through the uh, the Providence system and then got promoted to Boston. There's Chris Kelly, former Bruin. Uh, you know, it was his first year as an assistant coach. I highly doubt it. And then there's Joe Sacco, who was the former head coach of the Colorado Avalanche when they were fucking abysmal. Was also a, an assistant for a short time with Buffalo and has been with Boston since 2014-15 as an assistant. I think you're looking much more likely at a situation where Kevin Dean or Joe Sacco are promoted than certainly the idea of them bringing in a Barry Trotz. Yeah, I mean, you could talk like... about what... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just going to say, if, if all that is true, it almost seems like they're trying to turn over a new leaf. And like like you said, like trying to save their own... Well. I, I don't know. If you're bringing in your own guy, it's almost like you're trying to rebuild or retool. And in that case, Bergeron's gone. And, and I kind of wonder, I'm like, were they trying to make him leave? That's the other big question mark, right? That's Patrice Bergeron is the UFA. Yeah. I... Oh, he's a UFA. Yeah, that's right. He is. Yeah. He is uh, 36 years old, coming off of a surgery that we know of now. And he's a UFA. And if he were to leave, I wouldn't necessarily blame him. Because I think, now look, again, people say, you can't have it both ways. You can't have him be a cup contender and be perfectly set up to go into the next era. And that's true. But you could have been a cup contender this whole time and had a smoother, more clear vision of where you're going once Bergeron and Chara are gone. And with what's going on right now, does it look like they have that vision in place? Fuck no. And with the sweetheart deals that you have those big three to, you could have been utilizing other entry-level contracts of good young talent to fill in some of those depth roles while being able to load up at the deadline or in the – like, yeah, that could it could have been handled so much better. Like, again, team-friendly deals. If you drafted well through the – you know, 15, 16, you know, all those years. By this point, those guys would be making some kind of an imp- at least a couple of them, uh, some kind of impact on the NHL level. And using yeah. those entry levels is incredibly important for teams wanting to make a good cup run because then you could buy. You could just buy, buy, buy. And, and instead yeah. of developing certain prospects, and I will throw out the likes of Jack Studnicka. I'll throw out... Uh, I mean, Jakob Lauka was drafted in 2018 at this stage. There have been some younger forward prospects. Jakob Forsbacher Carlson really comes to mind as a young skill player from the 2015 draft who just said, fuck it, I'm out of here. Like, you're not giving me opportunities. You know, he's going to be turning 26 later on this year. And it's like the motherfucker played for Boston University for fuck's sake. And you don't try to get him to develop. They always fell back into the trap of let's bring in guys, and this roster sums it up well. Let's bring in guys like Nick Felino. I don't think Tomas Nosek was that bad, but he certainly fits that theme of let's bring in a guy 
like that. Let's draft Trent Frederick and then openly admit he's a middle six guy at best who's going to bring the grit elements. Like, no wonder. It's like, oh, and we don't expect Bruce Cassidy to be vocal about uh, the construction of this team. Really? You never expected him to have any complaints about this whatsoever. Like, the idea of like, oh, yeah, you got to get the best out of the team. How much blood do you plan on drawing from a stone? Like, again, like I, I said it this year a lot, and I still maintain this. They never really put, and that being they as in Sweeney and, and Cam Neely as well, like they never really put the proper supporting cast around the stars that they needed to. You know, that 2019 team that went to the final. You can look at a lot of these guys and, you know, for example, the depth, right? The depth of that 2019 team. Yes, you had Marshawn and Pasternak and Bergeron. Then guys like Coyle, Krejci, DeBrusque. And then you mix in like Marcus Johansson, Sean Corrali. That's okay. Danton Heinen didn't really have the best run. But then you have your David Backuses, your Nola Charis, your Carson Kuhlmans, your Chris Wagners, your Joachim Nordstrom's. <laughs> oh, shit. Last one in the past. Dude, I had eight points in 23 games that postseason, but it's just they never got the right crop of talent. I mean, yeah. Jesus, I'll shout out to Karras. The fucker had a 934 save percentage in that 2019 near cup Ooh. run. But yeah, you know, he, he was the problem, by the way, according to some people still. Unreal. 934 in 24 games, and they didn't win the cup. That's insane. Yeah, that's why that one hurts so much. (laughs) Especially them losing it on home ice. That's why that one still hurts quite a bit. What the fuck Martin Jones had in 2016? All in all, uh, to answer Red's question as you look that up, who do I want as the Bruins head coach? Nobody comes to mind because I again I don't think it I don't think it matters. I'm refusing to get my hopes up for some big name coach. I'll be pleasantly surprised if that happens, but uh, I have not been this down and this negative about the Bruins since Game Seven, 2013, Toronto, when they were down four one. Like that was, you know, that was the point in time where I like legitimately as a fan, I'm like, fuck this team. How are you going to blow this opportunity? Ended up coming back to win. And I haven't felt that down despite two cup losses in that time. I haven't felt this low since then. Even 2019. I'm like, okay, but you still have most of this core intact and you can still run. I, the core is not intact right now. Chara's gone. Bergeron might be gone. Tuka Rask is gone. And look, I mean, I like all Mark and Swayman as much as the next guy and think they're very cute when they hug. But I don't see a defined plan for them moving forward that pushes them into contention necessarily. Especially with how especially with how these playoffs have panned out. You lose to Carolina, who then lose to the fucking Rangers. Toronto would probably be in the Eastern Conference Final right now if they didn't happen to run into the two-time defending champions. 
I see them behind the vast majority of teams that made the playoffs this year out of the East and at potential risk of falling further behind some of the other guys or the other teams that are on the way up a little bit. They got to prove it to me. And right now, boy, am I not optimistic for this offseason. Did you find the Martin Jones stat before we move on? Yes, absolutely. He had a he had a nine twenty three. Uh, That's not bad. That that year when we went to the Cup Finals, dude. I'm actually looking at his stats. Surprising as fuck. You know, the next year we lost in six. But he had nine thirty five. <laughs> I think that was the year against the Oilers. Where we? Yeah, I think. But damn, like that's insane. And then honestly, seventeen eighteen, he had a nine twenty eight when we were eliminated in the second round again. That was when we. That was the first Vegas year, I'm pretty sure. So basically, he was a good goalie up until a good playoff goalie up until that final 2019 yeah, run. Yeah, 18 19, he had a sub 900. And we, we played 20 games. <laughs> like, we played 20 games. We got there despite him. But yeah, like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. So actually, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I was going to say with Martin Jones, it's just that the longevity wasn't there necessarily. It's not yeah. fair for Sparks fans to throw him under the bus. But even then, he was good. Tukaras great was my point. And yeah. really wasted them and him, and I don't have much confidence in the team at the moment. We'll move on to talking about some of the other coaches here and some of the other things that are going on in coach land. And I mean, I don't know if this will uh, I don't know if this will pop up, but if anything's frozen, it might not be frozen in the recording. Don't worry about it. Everybody, we are attempting to record on some new software this time because we've had some audio issues, I'm sure you've noticed. And, uh, hey, work with us as we sort out the kinks here to try and make this uh, better than it uh, can be. Always look to mm-hmm. improve. Some of the other coaching things, though, around the league, it's not just Bruce Cassidy. Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet uh, basically said that he's hearing that Dallas is leaning towards replacing Rick Bonus, who is now out as head coach, with Peter DeBoer. It's perfect. How do you keep getting head coaching jobs? How? Like, they'll make the cup or the conference final, at least. Because he has a good first year. Like, that's always what it is. The man has a kick-ass first year. First year with the Sharks, cup final. <laughs> like, it's, so if it's, he gets it's named, nuts. If he gets named as head coach, this will be his fifth team that he's been the head coach of in the NHL since 2008. Panthers, Devils, Sharks, Knights, and potentially Dallas. The fuck, man? He's, he's got a perfect style for him. Pretty defensively based. Um, shit power play. Because <laughs> he's going to bring Steve Spot with him. And Steve Spot is terrible, except he always has one good stretch where the power play succeeds. Probably in spite of him and probably just because of the players. Like... Mm. But again, Steve Spot, he's got to be that power play coach. Remember, four goals in four minutes, which was totally him and not the Sharks going beast mode. Absolutely. I wanted to mention, too, with the Bruce Cassidy thing, not only did the Bruins uh, tell him his job was safe and two weeks later they fired him, uh, they fired him by Don Sweeney visiting his house on Monday and telling him to his face. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. Like, <sighs> like, you tell him he's safe and then you drive to his house and fire him. That's I mean, cold, I get what some man. people are saying. At least it was more than a phone call, but like, holy shit, dude. Craziness. Um, Chicago interviewing Montreal's Luke Richardson, who, of course, was a stand-in uh, during the cup final last year. 
the Canucks, Brad Shaw and Derek King, their interim is still kind of in the mix there. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Chicago in a second in regards to, uh, in regards, actually, you know, we'll talk about it now. Um, Daily Faceoff put out this article. Al- uh, Chicago's Alex DeBrinkett is number one player available ahead of wild NHL offseason. If that's true. <laughs> like, I get the idea that no one's untradeable. But if they move on from ADB, fold the franchise. He should be the only one who is untradeable, in my uh-huh. opinion. Absolutely. Aside from Seth Jones, because no one's taken that contract. Yeah, but like, you know, you have him on the block still. You don't put, I don't get it. I don't get this franchise. He was like your your big chance to turn over a new leaf. Mm-hmm. Instead, you doubled down on, on the shitty people and Rocky Verts. Oh my God. What a joke, dude. Absolute yeah. joke of the franchise. I mean, again, that's that's my take is they just keep going full steam ahead into not making any changes whatsoever and uh then the idea of like hey here's a young guy who did handle media well when the kyle beach story broke last fall and yeah he's the one we could move to potentially bring in assets like unless you're bringing in connor mcdavid or somebody like that you're not finding too many assets that are as good as alex to both on and off the ice so Good luck with that, Chicago. Don't worry. I still hate you because of 2013, and that's totally the only reason. Um, Former Rangers head coach David Quinn is interviewing with Detroit and Philadelphia. Um, Yeah. (laughs) He wasn't a bad college coach, but he didn't really do all that much with the Rangers. And, you know, granted, they made some changes, but his first year out of there, and look at how things are going for New York. So go go figure the Phillies involved. But Philly is also talking. Not only the Bruce Cassidy and John Tortorella, but to Jeff Blashill, the Red Wings, former Red Wings head coach that every Red Wings fan was praising God got fired. So, God. And then apparently there's a rumor out there that maybe Sergei Fedorov's going to go to Detroit because, lol, I think he did just win the KHL Skagarin Cup, but just a shit show of a coaching carousel. And for the most part, it's all the same names. Yep. <laughs> because it just doesn't change it doesn't final thing of note in uh awesome story time the montreal canadians have uh named marie philippe poulin a player development a player development consultant for the team and rightfully so because there are a lot of nhl players i think that could very well learn from who for my money is the best female hockey player in the world yeah she kicks ass so that's one hell of a hire there for montreal I'm jealous of Montreal as a Bruins fan. I'll say it. They needed to make changes. They've made changes. President of Hockey Ops, GM, coach, other moves that they've made. Montreal, that's that's an organization with a vision. That's an organization that unless they screw it up, they are going places. I can't say the same about my own team right now, and that kind of blows. So, good on you, Montreal. With that, we'll talk some playoffs here to round out this show, buddy. And, uh, well, let's talk about one team that's going places and one team that very much isn't. <laughs> yep. Monday night, the Colorado Avalanche won game four of the Western Conference Finals, six to five in overtime. LOL. What was it, 4 2 for Edmonton? Yeah, it was 3 1, I think, and Jesus. then 4 2 or something. <laughs> 
Arturi Lekkinen, for the second straight year, scores the OT winner that clinches the Western Conference Final. Hilariously enough, last year he did it with Montreal over Vegas. Um, what a player. What a pickup there. Jesus Christ. That's how you... Yep. That's how you bring in forward depth at the deadline, Don. Favorite moment of the broadcast. TNT coverage. They're reviewing the Lekkonen goal for a high stick, and Don Kaharski <laughs> notices it's below the below the crossbar, and he's talking. He's like, "Yeah, no, it's a, holy shit! Yeah, that's a goal." <laughs> he's like, "Holy shit!" Oh, <laughs> it was <laughs> just oh. beautiful, absolutely beautiful. What a moment! Again, the Avs sweep the series. We'll talk about both teams, but hilariously enough now, this is the second time in three years that the West has been won in Edmonton by a team other than the Oilers, thanks to the bubble. Uh, brutal. And the Canadian Cup drought is going to reach, and you could hear the excitement in my voice as I said that. The Canadian Cup drought will reach 29 years. For as long as I have walked this earth, a Canadian team has not won the Stanley Cup. Which, you know, I'm not totally happy about in a sense. Like, I've always said, like, yeah, I would have been rooting for Vancouver in, in 2011 if the Bruins hadn't gotten there. But 29 years. Like, I get the odds are against them because of a lack of franchises compared to the U.S. But 29 years now without a Canadian Cup parade. Brutal. Brutal. So, sit in Colorado. Mm -hmm. They are the first team to win every road game en route to the cup finals since the 2012 Kings. The Avalanche are 7-0 on the road. The Kings were 8-0 on the road through that point in the playoffs. And the Kings in general went 16-4. The most dominant run of the salary cap era. The Avs are 12-2. They could, if that series doesn't go... Uh, well, I mean, you know, presumably, I mean, if they don't get swept, essentially, <laughs> or lose them five, they could match that, if not top. Oh, yeah. That unbelievable run. Craziness. They've been so good, man. Like, and they're winning in a variety of ways. And I think that's really important when it comes to the playoffs. They don't just have one kind of thing that they're good at. Uh, they, they've been winning in a variety of ways. They can all, you want to, you want to have a shootout with them? Fine. They'll keep up with you. They can shut you down. They played against the blues for God's sakes. I mean, they were able to keep up with that kind of game. Although, you know, there were some suspect parts, but they're going to need all those things, tools when they go up against whoever they go up against, uh, most likely the lightning. And mm. if they do, you're for sure going to need all those. Cause light, that's what lightning do well too. They have a bit of it. They have skill. They have that grit and stuff like that. And they throw it all at you. So yeah, I think, the only, like the only like the real chances. potential negative for the Avs right now is the lack of Nazem Kadri. Because yeah. even Darcy Kemper, the state of today, is back to 100%. Oh, nice. They might just get their starter back, although, Jesus, you might just want to run with Francois, although 906 in six games, maybe not. So yeah. that's one of those, uh, one of those rather interesting ones is the best way to phrase it as. Dude, this this team's just insane. Like, again, you can you can sit there and talk about this team top to bottom. Like, for example, Kale McCarr. There have been four instances in history of a defender recording at least nine points in a four-game sweep. 
four instances. Kale McCarr has two of them. This postseason. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, man. It's unbelievable. And the funny thing is, and I know, and I think you figured it out, um, what this last thing was. Because just about one year ago, there was the infamous press conference that everyone remembers when the Avs were eliminated in round two by the Vegas Golden Knights. Allow me to read. This was a certain reporter talking to Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Nate, you know, I know you're a gamer and uh, and all of this. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking maybe out loud, as far as in your shoes right now, it's like, all right, we've done all the thinking we can do. We've done all the game planning we can do. Maybe, maybe, you know, just fuck it. We'll just go in next year and just not think anymore and just win this thing when we don't think so much. Is that, am I on the right path at all with like this? Maybe you guys just think a little too much. Maybe he was right. All it took was them not thinking and Darcy Kemper getting hurt. And here they are. They're in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> that that is so one of the all-time. Such a bizarre moment. And the <laughs> fact that he doubled down and tried to defend that shit too. is like, oh, I'm talking like hockey players talk. I'm like, bro. A hockey player just was like, what? And like basically said, like, shut you down to your face. Like, mm-hmm. that man, was he? He had to have been drunk or something. That was so weird. <laughs> so fucking weird. They don't call it the Mile High City for nothing. Um, yeah, just just brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. Um, on a bright note, though, 21 years ago, the greatest moment in the history of hockey happened. Mm. Colorado won the Stanley Cup in 2001. 21 years ago today. With Ray Bork. Bork. Raising the Stanley Cup. Gary Thorne with the greatest call in the history of sports. Craziness, man. Craziness. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, Still my favorite hockey moment of all time, obviously. Um, (laughs) I I genuinely don't think anything can touch it. Like, obviously, if you're a fan of another team winning, that's fine. Like, the only sports moment to me that, I mean, obviously it's going to be New England-centric for me. Like, there are a couple that rival it. But... Man, there's just there's something even more special about that. Like again, like the Bruins winning the cup. Uh, you know, I got to watch Liverpool win the Premier League. The idea of, um, and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I had another moment in my mind. Uh, for example, the, the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. Like just unbelievable moments. But none of them bring a tear to my eye, <laughs> and this still does, because it's the perfect sports story. You cannot script it any better than that. I'm sure he would have preferred not having to wait 22 years to do it, but it's literally the perfect moment. Final game of his career wins the cup. Yeah. Hard to argue now, with that. I like the Ovi one because it's that's some recency bias. I mean, Ovi, you know, finally worked hard enough to get a cup. I love that, but that's I, I, do I don't, like I don't have one. any good ones for myself. The Sharks haven't won. The A's are garbage. They haven't been good since before I was born. The last one they won was 89, literally a year before I was born. <laughs> Football? The Packers won a Super Packers, Bowl. yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers winning was cool. Brett Favre winning was cool. The one I remember Brett most Favre. when they lost. Brett Favre. The one I remember most hilariously is when they it was, was when we lost to Denver. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Oof. That was a rough one, Elway. That was actually mostly just Terrell Davis, to be honest. But good That's on true. you, Elway. But, yeah, um... 
I don't know. For me, I'm from primary hockey fan, so I don't have a good one. <laughs> For the Oilers, we talked a lot about, we basically wrote their obituary on Monday, so we don't have too much to add. Was confirmed that Leon Dreisaitl had a high ankle sprain, but in that time, the Oilers became the first team in NHL history to have three games in a single postseason where they scored five or more goals, but still lost. Boned. They're boned. Yeah. Like, this proved it. McDavid and Dreisaitl can carry you to a conference final. One injury crumbles like a house of cards. We we all knew that. This, this is the crazy thing. We all knew this. Mm-hmm. And we all knew this going into it. And we watched it unfold. And the fact of the matter is, Ken Holland is not going anywhere because they made the conference finals. And that is absolutely insane and funny. It's funny to me, but like I, I feel for Oilers fans. Like I would, good Lord, is that team run poorly? And they're going to run Pugliarvi out of town. Uh, the Oilers media mm. absolutely pile on him. Uh, and they lift up guys like Cassian and <laughs> probably Juzar. Is Juzar Karras still there? I don't know. They love their gritty guys who don't do a whole shit. I don't know. Oh man, they were they were really hyping up Kane too when he was on that heater, which was very very. Yeah, like, now the conversations out there like, oh well, if Evander signs in Edmonton, he'll take seven mil a year instead of eight, like he'd ask for on the free agent market. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure, because that that's the problem solver is Evander Kane going from a cap hit of two point one million to seven. Mm-hmm. That's that's a real problem solver right there. Oilers fans, I'm so sorry, but uh, you know you talk about a lack of a vision with like the Bruins front office. I see the same thing in Edmonton, and it might be even worse for you because at least I got to see Bergeron win a cup. The idea of and look, you know, it's getting ahead of ourselves, but man, if you were to sit here and say like, oh yeah, Connor McDavid does leave four years from now without a cup, that wouldn't surprise you. Wouldn't surprise anybody. And that's a realistic possibility. <laughs> it really is. Q Leafs fans being like, he's coming home. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. So we'll be intrigued to see Colorado in the final, obviously. And that brings us to the ongoing series, the Eastern Conference final, where the Tampa Bay Lightning tie it up at two apiece. The home team has won every game so far. You know, there were Igor's better chance after game two. Vasilevsky has since gone from an 85.5% save percentage to a 953 in the two games in Tampa. (laughs) And, you know, crucially, we said if the Rangers do allow this series to be tied going back, like they're screwed. Certainly tonight is must win. They lose game five. I cannot imagine the Lightning dropping two in a row at this stage. I simply can't. So this is... Like I said, I view the Rangers as legit. There is a difference between legit and cup contenders. They have to win tonight. They have to. This is practically the series. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. They were so close to winning game three. So close, and they blew it. They absolutely blew it. And, again, we we talk about, like, those kind of momentum-shifting moments or big moments in a series where things kind of turn. That's what I view as the turning point. You can't. You simply can't give – the back-to-back defending champion team, that kind of life in a series. You've literally had them on the ropes mm-hmm. and you let them back in. Then they come back and they they kind of dominate that game four and beat you four to one. And now you're fucked because, yeah, it's an even series. It's a whole new ball game and they have that behind them. They're, 
I feel, I feel like they're winning the mental battle and everything. Tampa Bay doing this without Braden Point. And now here's a stat line. It's from Jason Gold on Twitter. Nikita Kucherov now has more playoff points, career playoff points, than Mark Recchi. Kucherov has 148 points in 128 games. Jesus. Think about how long Mark Recchi stuck around. That man won three cups, if I'm not mistaken. He's one point away from Marion Hosa. He turns 29 this month. Holy shit, dude. 2011 draft pick. Centerpiece of this unbelievable dynamo of a club that could be very well on their way to a third straight Stanley Cup final and a third straight title, if that. Absolute insanity. So Rangers fans, uh, you guys know, <laughs> like it's it's a scary, scary situation to be walking into tonight. In a sense, I still think they're playing with house money. You almost kind of have to take the NHL franchise mode approach of like, well, shit, they beat Toronto. They swept the president's trophy winners. And if we're the next in line, well, shit, you know, like they're just that good. And that honestly might be in terms of now, nothing really instantly comes to mind because there's obviously way too much to think about. But think about that potential run to a Stanley Cup going through 115 point Toronto, 122 point Florida and 110-point New York en route to the cup final to play Colorado. Holy fuck. Let alone if they beat Colorado, who had 119 points in the regular season. But think about that. If they win the cup, Tampa Bay, all four teams they would have beaten would have had 110 points or more in the regular season. It would be the greatest cup run in history, in my opinion. Like yeah. that's I, How can anything match that? That's insane. Just Tampa Bay things, right? Yeah, just that's so nuts, man. That's so nuts. <laughs> it is. Ugh. With that, everybody, we will wind things down for today. I don't yet know when we'll talk to you next. We will find out if it's uh, during our finished trip or after. We will sort it out one way or another. But regardless, we thank you guys very much for listening to the show, for watching the show, for supporting the show. Sin, what do you got going on, buddy? Yeah, well, I'm going to Finland. <laughs> yeah, same old thing. Uh, you can, you know, follow my YouTube channel, Canuck Series Wrapped Up. I'll be putting out some, like, vlogs and shit of my trip. Uh, I'm pretty gonna sure. I think we're going to try to do a, a co-vlog as well. for. Yeah, we'll try, yeah, we'll try to hit up a co- yeah, a co-vlog as well for sure at some point. But, uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to be the douche at the airport filming himself <laughs> Woo. yeah you can follow me on twitter at sin ftw prod and uh instagram paul cinders and of course if you want to hear some cool music i'm on spotify paul cinders and apple music and everywhere else you find music he's where the music can be found he's the music man <laughs> you guys know where you can find me at this point Tookie 24 everywhere thank you very much once again big shout out to manscape code Tookie. we will see you soon eventually in a bit in a while, a while. bye <laughs> goodbye <laughs>